Louise Bedford here. Just before we kick off with today's show, I wanted to let you know that for one week only, you can get up to 84% off a selection of my most popular trading education products available through tradinggame.com.au. Make no mistake. Your financial future is in your hands. So check out the audios, videos, and study courses that I have available at tradinggame.com.au. Now's your chance to develop your skills as a trader for up to 84% off, but only for the next week. Let's get on with the show. This is Talking Trading, where great trading becomes real. I'm your host, Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Welcome to this week's episode. In today's show, Daryl Guppy, the inventor of the Guppy Multiple Moving Average, walks us through the markets of the US, China and Australia. And he takes a look at the revolution of ETFs and their impact on the market. We hear from Louise Bedford in MindPower on a thing called the awfulizing habit, and how traders need to have reality-based thinking and emotional stability to be an effective trader. Finally, we have some feedback on the Markets Gone Mad seminar that Louise Bedford and Chris Tate held in Sydney this month. Daryl Guppy is the inventor of the Guppy Multiple Moving Average. He's the author of 12 books on the share market and the CEO of Guppy Traders. He is also famously known as the chart man on CNBC Asia Squawk Box. Based in Darwin, Daryl regularly travels to his offices in Singapore and Beijing, where he's an expert on China's stock market and consults to Chinese state officials. In 2015, he was instrumental in the establishment of the Guangzhou Stock Exchange, and in 2014, he was an attendant at the Apex Summit in Beijing with Obama and Vladimir Putin. In today's interview with Daryl, we take a look at the world markets and the impact of ETFs. Daryl Guppy, hello and welcome back to Talking Trading. It's good to be back again. Daryl, let's look at the markets. How is the US market performing at present? They look really strong, but if you look more carefully, they're actually weak. Now, I'm a technical analyst. I'm not a fundamental analyst. But one thing to remember from a fundamental point of view with the Dow is that three stocks, that's 3M, IBM and United Health, have contributed 54% of the gain that's been made in 2016. We've put on about 1,000 points. So 54% of that gain comes from three stocks. A total of seven stocks make up 97% of the gain for year to date. And they're Johnson Johnson, Caterpillar, Exxon and Chevron. So the fundamentals of this rally are pretty weak one way and another. And, of course, if we look at it from a technical perspective, what we've got is a trading brand breakout. Now, that's giving us an upside target near 21,000. Sounds really, really good. However, there's a couple of limits on the way that's going to be achieved. If we take the long-term uptrend line, then we find that that provides some immediate short-term resistance. So it's going to take a bit of time to get to that 21,000 target. We could say fundamentally there are some serious problems with the market, but from a trading perspective, we need to look at this as a rally rather than a trend change and trade it accordingly. Let's look at Chinese stocks. They're at a seven-month high. 
How are Asian markets performing? Let's stick with Shanghai Index. And we've been calling a major reversal in the Shanghai Index for a number of months. So the breakout target we have at the moment is 3,400. We've had this long consolidation pattern that's, that's developed for most of 2016. But in the last two months, we've had a change in GMMA relationships, Guppy Multiple Moving Average relationships, that have confirmed that a trend change is developing. And we've had a breakout above the critical 3,000 support resistance level. And that's been a strong historical level since 2014, 15, 16, all the way through. So this is a very strong breakout. Uh, we like to see it continue relatively smoothly towards 3,400 because as the market fell from 3,400 to 3,000, there was really no resistance or support levels that developed in that period. So it's a strong breakout. Let's talk about your work in Nanning. You're doing work with the mayor there. That's right. It's actually Nanjing. That's the thing from Nanning. Nanning is in the other part of China. So the, uh, the city of Nanjing, um, the mayor has an international consultative committee um, that he brings together once a year, brings in a number of, uh, of international experts to talk about a range of topics. And there's usually four or five experts involved. And it's a, a very small select audience, about 100 uh, key officials from Nanjing and from Beijing. Okay, let's swing over to the ASX. How is the Australian market looking? The Australian market is looking ugly, is the best way of putting it. Why do we say that? Because it's got really unreliable trending behaviour. It gets really enthusiastic for a while, as it did a few weeks ago, and then it suddenly collapses in this great screen, scrubbling heap. So there's no trend stability that's driving there. If we compare it to US markets, for instance, since 2008, US markets have been more or less on a fairly steady rising trend one way or another. Australia hasn't duplicated that in any sense whatsoever. We're duplicating what's happening in China? No, we're not doing that either. We seem to be running our own race and unfortunately we're not too sure where we're going to take the leadership from. So our market's more or less like a headless chicken. It'll dart off in one particular direction for a very short term, then suddenly collapse in a, in a bit of exhaustion, get its breath back, run again. So the key levels that we're looking at are 5,300 as a support level, and the breakout above that doesn't mean that we're going to move immediately to the 5,660, which is our target level, and that's based on taking the trading band between support at 4,950 and resistance at 5,300. So what we're doing now is treating this purely as a rally behaviour rather than a long-term trend behaviour. What's going to make it turn into a trend as distinct from um, short-term intermittent rally behaviour We've really got to see a major change in the GMMA relationships. It's beginning to develop, but we need to see that move above the 5,660 level before we can call this as a trend. Now, of course, smart people are going to say, well, I got in at 5,300 and I knew it was going to be a trend. Yeah, if it works that way, they'll be right. Otherwise, they'll be caught short uh, and by rallies that fail as they approach that resistance level at 5,000. 660. Let's talk about the recent rally in mining stocks. What's caused that? It's not a surprise. If you go back and look at gold and at silver, they had major breakouts. And we were calling on CNBC, we were calling um, a major breakout in the commodity complex taking place a couple of months ago. And we were saying to people, to viewers at that stage, this is where you need to position yourself in resource stocks and in commodity plays. And we saw that break out, particularly in gold, break out from a long-term trend pattern. We saw it developing with silver. It began to develop in oil, although oil pulled back unexpectedly, retested support at 38, but we're now moving back up towards the 48 level uh, and beyond that. So the rally in the resource stocks is not a surprise. 
What is a bit of a surprise, I suppose, is that we haven't seen a large increase in merger and acquisition activity, takeover activity at this stage. And that is sure to have come before too long because this is part of the consolidation that takes place in the industry. FX pairs, which ones are performing at the moment? We don't really care which FX pairs are currently performing. We use a slightly different approach. So although there's a lot of feel-good stuff around saying, oh, the Australian dollar's going up or the Australian dollar's going down, that doesn't really make you a lot of money unless you're Warren Buffett or someone similar. From our perspective, what we're looking at is short-term moves because FX markets give us a range of advantages that have disappeared from equity markets. So let me just go back and fill you in there. Markets have changed substantially since 2008. The event in 2008 was as significant as 1929. However, most of us are still trying to trade today's markets as if they're the same as they were in 2008. They're not. Key differences, high-frequency trading, and what that does is it sucks liquidity out of the market and concentrates it at the upper end of the market. The other factor is exchange-traded funds. Now, we think that exchange-traded funds are playing a relatively small role in the Australian market. That's quite wrong. In fact, they are playing an increasingly significant role. And internationally, they're playing a massive role. Let's take gold, for instance. The top six holders of gold, in other words, the people who have the most gold in the world, are six sovereign nations. And not surprising. And, of course, they're not traders of gold. They're holders of gold. They hold it for investment and for, uh, for sovereign uh, nation purposes. The seventh largest individual holder of gold are the exchange-traded funds. That distorts the supply and demand relationship within that market. That means exchange-traded funds are traders of gold. They're not holders of gold. They're not sovereigns. So their trading activity, driven by their clients, has a massive impact on that particular market. Exchange-traded funds have a massive impact on our own market. So we see ETFs holding a, a basket of stocks, and they must keep the internal ratios and the weightings of that basket in tune. In other words, if they go up or they go down, they've got to sell or whatever, they have to sell in exact proportions. So what's that mean? We get a wave of retail selling coming in. So the ETF sells down all of its holdings, including those that are performing the best and including those that are performing the worst. And what's that mean for us? It means as an individual holder of a stock that's in one of those baskets, we can have a solid trend that suddenly collapses for apparently no reason whatsoever. And that's driven to a large extent by ETF selling. And when you're looking for the next financial crisis, it's called ETFs. Daryl, you have a trading platform for FX called Ants. Would you like to tell us about it? Oh, I'd love to tell you about it. Because part of what we looked at, and part of the reason we, we, we developed this, we needed to, we, we couldn't get the liquidity that we needed in our own markets, in our equity markets. So the trading that we used to be able to do in small caps and mid cap stocks it wasn't quite as successful as it used to be. The analysis was still correct, but the rate the trades developed wasn't as good. When we entered the trade, we couldn't get the size we wanted. That's not a problem when you're entering. But when you wanted to get out, who wants to wait three or four or five or six or seven days to be able to get out? That's a dangerous situation. So we need to look at markets that were deeper, that were more liquid and more active. And, of course, that's FX markets. Of course, they bring a whole lot of problems with them. One of them is they trade 24 hours a day, and I like to get a couple of hours sleep. So we looked at how we could trade into these markets. We looked at short-term basis. Now, by short-term, I'm talking trades that are lasting 30 minutes to three or four hours. That's our objective. And our objective is to take an average of about 140, 150 pips out of each of those trades on a regular and sustainable basis. 
And we've been pretty successful in doing that over the last 18 months or so. And the ANT system is our answer to that particular problem. ANT is the answer. Daryl Guppy, final pieces of advice for traders at the moment in the markets. Don't believe it. These are dangerous markets. Trade the rally, lie back and enjoy it, but keep your stops tight. That's the most important thing at this point in time. Trend instability is the biggest risk in the market, and that risk is translated as time in the market. The longer you are in the market, the greater the risk of failure, the greater the risk of loss. So the key factor, trade the rallies as rallies, not as trends. Keep the stops tight and act on the stops every time. That's going to lock in some reasonable profits, and we've been doing that uh, quite well in the last few months or so. Daryl Guppy, thank you for your time. No problems. Always fun, Carolyn. Talking trading is where great trading becomes real. I'm your host, financial journalist, Caroline Stephen. I interview the top share traders around the world, market wizards, Australian legends, best-selling authors, and top-level life coaches. We hear them raw, upfront and personal. That is my passion. Each week we endeavor to bring you information which inspires you to be your best trading self. A big thank you to all of our listeners. And if you'd like to support this podcast, tell your friends to go to talkingtrading.com.au. That's talkingtrading.com.au. What are you awfulizing today? Yes, it's a made-up word. In fact, psychologists prefer the use of the word catastrophizing, where you are making a catastrophe out of things that really don't deserve to be amped up to that level. Good traders actually apply reality. They use reality-based thinking and accurate thinking rather than becoming a drama queen or king. I'm seeing it a lot at the moment. There seems to be an incredible groundswell of drama queens and drama kings being born at the moment. And really, those types of people are getting a big payoff. We're paying attention to them because their light shines bright and they do demand attention on things like social media. As a trader, you can't afford that awfulizing type of mindset. You need to think clearly and you need to think about the consequences of dramatizing every part of your life. You see, good traders have emotional stability. They look at the world as it really is. They don't make more of situations than they actually deserve. Because otherwise, if you have that as your mode of operation, next time you make a loss... You'll awfulize that in your own words and your thoughts and your actions. And that will freak you out so badly you may miss the next signal. Let's put trading into perspective. This is something that you can fit into your life. And if you constantly surround it with drama, you may even be turning off the people that you love from this fantastic occupation. This has the absolute ability to change the way you live your life. So treat it with the respect and the detachment that it deserves. 
Around Australia, Louise Bedford and Chris Tate have been holding the Markets Gone Mad seminar. Here's some feedback from a few of the attendees at the Sydney seminar this August. I first asked one key message people were taking away. Nigel Hope, what key messages have you got from today's seminar? Well, the thing I think is it's just a tremendous seminar and I think that I can simplify things a lot more. In what way? Well, I've started off with quite a a complex trading plan and I think you can have a very simple macro and a very simple trading plan. If it's going up and buying it, if it's going down and selling it, I won't bet the farm and that's just great to revisit. Actually, one of them is is quite a simplistic one. Uh, Chris Tate mentioned uh, one of the candle formations as a drawing pin. I absolutely love that. It, it, uh, and I'm going to look back at my charts and back test this drawing pin thing. You know, if you stand on it and it goes, ouch, just be warned, watch the charts. Um, one of the gems was Louise going over again the macro reinforcing how important that macro is because every now and again I think oh my macro's off but I'll do this trade this has made me smack my wrist and go back to basics Uh, just to keep learning keep an open mind and stay positive Um, and I really think just to believe in myself which I've always had a fair bit of self-doubt but I'm a good studier I've done degrees before back tertiary study and I just think if I just stay disciplined and try to remove I suppose the key message is to keep all that emotion out of the trading just have stick to your rules. That psychology is very important number one thing for me I'm struggling a bit at the moment with everything and um, focusing on my psychology is first and foremost and then hopefully everything will come after that. (laughs) Chris and Louise are always there to help you always always and every time I listen to them I learned something and I've been in the market for a while now and still I've learned something today. I need to attend the mentorship program which of course I'm very keen to do and like Louise the candlesticks speak to me. I've actually used the candlesticks in many areas once I became aware of how important stops were like stopping the alarm and getting out of bed and realising all sorts of things that you actually need to discipline yourself from the minute you get up really in order to be able to be at your peak performance. I then asked people with the support of Chris and Louise how their trading was going. With the support of Chris and Louise in the mentor program how's your trading going at the moment? Well I'm at that beautiful golden period where I'm hoping to break even very soon and it was great to hear Louise say it took her three years to break even so that's giving me hope. What would be your advice to someone who's new in the markets? Don't expect to make money fast, get rich slow. And what would be your advice to someone who's thinking about getting into the markets and doing the mentor program? If you don't do the mentor program, you may as well just take your cash and burn it. Well, the markets have been a little erratic, as we know, globally. Um, But having the support and having the trading, trading game forum... Um, it is a great support to know that we're all in the same boat and there are strategies to work around in this market and still be profitable. I was starting to see some positive signs lately and finally get a bit of traction. It's been an ordinary couple of years, uh, <laughs> starting to head in the right direction. How long have you been trading? Uh, about three or four years, roughly. For someone who's new in the markets, what advice would you give to them? Do a lot of testing. That's what I did last year. That's what really cemented a lot of um, concepts was to do a lot of back testing. Yeah, work hard at it, practice it, 
until uh, so it starts to become second nature. I find them fantastic. I've actually emailed Louise um, and she gets back to me within an, like either minutes or within the hour and I think, how on earth does she do that? Um, but she's obviously very dedicated to her um, students and I just can't wait to do the course, really. And that's all for today, guys. Next week, we have a very special guest with stock market wizard, Mark D. Cook. Mark joins us with his trading journey and that famous options story. I'm Caroline Stephen. Have a good week trading. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation.